0: I'm a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain fun. I guess.
1: i wear a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it's it. What the hook How do you, you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary.
0: Good afternoon everyone, glad to have you with us, alongside Paulie Sebelia, I'm Stephen Fontes, we welcome you into a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation, we got two guests, both big guests, you lined can tell, up for you on the show today.
1: You can tell Jordan didn't book the guests today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we each, we each booked one. Yeah. Uh, I booked Sue Ludwig, uh, the uh, former West Hill coach, now uh, assistant coach of the SU women's basketball team. She'll join us at 1230.
1: 30. Good then, get, Steve. And great thank work. you. And then, Keep it up. Uh,
0: then you did a great job booking one Riley Dixon. Yeah. Rams punter. Just signed a one year deal with the LA Rams. He'll join us. Uh, we'll play back that interview not coming e- up at 1 o'clock.
1: Not even five seconds into the show, and I'm already crushing it. You're poking our- the bear. You're I poking like the bear. It. Jordan does a great job day he in does. and day out.
0: But uh, we we, Not we, took, today, though. we took some of the heavy lifting off his plate today. Uh, so Sue Ludwig, 1230, Riley Dixon, 1 o'clock. We'll mix in your phone calls at 315-437-7644. How are things today, Paulie?
1: They're great. They were great. And we'll get into it in a little bit. I to, Then I realized that sports hasn't been great for the past year. No. No. It,
0: it uh, You're talking about locally? Locally. A lot of local sports fans? Yeah, and not even just locally.
1: Like, you know, for people in New York. That's that's local. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan is sending me messages. <laughs> is that what you call that, messages? Yeah, it was a pretty clear one. Yes. Um,
0: well, I don't know how much of the, the men's lacrosse game you watched last night, but um, I tell you what, they... They played probably their best half of lacrosse this season. Certainly right up there with the Duke game. Got out to a six-goal lead in the first half. Scored the first four. Led 10-4. to Led by five at the half. And then Cornell just flipped the script in the second half. uh, Erased that deficit in a relatively short period of time. Big Red took their first lead early in the fourth quarter. It was nip and tuck from there. Uh, Cornell scores with under 25 seconds left to force overtime. They get the face-off to start overtime, and you know how this thing ends. It's been that kind of season for Syracuse. Cornell scores on its first possession of overtime. Uh, game over, big red escape, 16-15, and Syracuse uh, drops to 4-7 and seven on the season, Paulie. cursed against Kennedy. There comes the slide. Coyle moves it to Kelleher for the win! Cornell completes the Our good friend, uh, Anish Shroff on the call last night uh, on the ACC Network. And, um, yeah, it was – it's been that kind of season. Um, you know, we, we saw it with football, lose a lot of close games. We saw it with basketball, lose a lot of close games. And now we're seeing it with lacrosse back-to-back close games. They lost to Albany by two uh, last week. And, uh, and then they, you know – I don't want to say they give one away because that – I mean, that's not fair to Cornell. I mean, Cornell played really well, and, and, you know, Cornell's fifth in the country. I mean, Cornell, give them credit, they came back. I think. Um, But it, it felt like they squandered that lead last night.
1: Sound, it sounds like we're doing exactly what we did in football and basketball season. Steve, we're making excuses. Oh, well, there's no excuse. I no, mean, but it's... we're kind of we're doing it. Are we? Oh, we're close. Yeah, they were there. <laughs> Three points in football. Oh, yeah, just if they could have inbounded that ball against Wake Forest. Yeah. No, well, they lost. Right.
0: Okay. All the teams have lost. Those aren't excuses. It's pointing out the games were close and they didn't go SU's way. And it it does. It feels very similar to what this whole year has been like for SU fans. Football, basketball, now lacrosse. We had Stephen North Syracuse call us. Uh, I don't know. Whenever we were talking about this last, and and I believe he pointed out. I don't remember the exact year, but it's been a hundred plus years yeah. since the, the three main programs, men's programs, football, basketball, lacrosse, have finished below five hundred. And unless Syracuse runs the table, which is very unlikely to happen, they've got three ranked opponents the rest of the way. They got Carolina, uh, they've got Virginia, uh and I'm drawing oh, Notre Dame. I'm drawing a blank on the other one. Notre Dame. Virginia, Notre Dame, North Carolina. They're not winning three in a row to close out the season. Uh and that would be to just get back to five hundred. You're going to have all three of those main programs finish below 500 this year. And, again, all the seasons kind of went the same way. Horribly. Heartbreaking.
1: Is it heartbreaking?
0: Uh, last night's was a heartbreaking loss. There were the players. You know, we had uh, Alex Sims was at the game for us last night, and she was filming, and she's on the field. And, I mean, she she told me as she got back, she said that the players were visibly crying as they were walking to the locker room.
1: Oh well, yeah, for them it's heartbreaking. No, I know. I'm not saying for us. I'm, I'm like, saying, but for for them, the fans, yes. it's just another. Oh boy, uh, this is same, same story, different day. I said the G-rated version of that. You did. Thank you. Yeah, same story, different day. We should get orange shirts made. It's unfortunate. This though. town loves T-shirts with slogans on them. They do. We we still got to do Veggie
0: Madness. That's the next T-shirt that's going to come out. Um, it, it is unfortunate, though, the way that this year has gone. And we're not used to it with lacrosse, right? And we're not used to it with men's basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, football, we, we've kind of gotten used to it over the course of the last 20 years. But men's basketball, we've been spoiled around here. Men's lacrosse, we've been spoiled. And I, I think the men's lacrosse team is going to be fine. I mean, Gary Gate is a phenomenal coach. The basketball team is going to fine. No, they will be. I, I'm just saying, in, in regards to lacrosse, we say same old story. It's not really the same old story with lacrosse. This would only be, I think, their third losing season um, in my lifetime. Seventy five. If you go back to 75.
1: You're 75?
0: Oh, oh, two seventy. Nineteen. I was born in seventy six, but I think if you go back to 19, from nineteen seventy five, I think this would just be their third losing season. We're, we're you know, we're spoiled. And he'll, he'll listen. It, this is a one year thing. It's a rebuilding year. You've got a great recruiting class coming in next year. They'll have a you know a year under their belts. They're going to be just fine. But this year is has been a struggle.
1: Does that make what Jim Beheim's done even more impressive? Now that you like, I didn't know what you just said. Being like Syracuse was the is like at one point the greatest lacrosse or the second greatest lacrosse program in history, and they've had two more right. losing seasons in basketball. That's a good, point. The team. It's a good <laughs> point. You know, look at me making excuses too. Steve, all right, you you asked I you asked a question earlier, and I'll ask I'll ask a question too. I was I was walking into the office about two minutes before the show, and it struck me that there's probably someone listening uh, to our show right now, Steve, that is a Knicks fan, a Jets or Giants fan, and a Syracuse sports fan, like probably multiple that are that combination of fans. And just what a brutal year this had to have been if you were a New York sports fan. Yeah. Like, the Bills and the Nets are your glimmer of hope, and the Nets were just a huge disappointment, too, if you were a New York sports fan. Just a brutal year for some people listening.
0: Yeah. I mean, we know what it's been like locally, certainly. The Knicks took a major step back. The Nets did also...
1: You know, the Jets are terrible. The Giants are terrible. There's just, just there's got to be people that just are crying into their beer every night. Mets, the Mets blew it last year. Right? There is somebody that is that combination.
0: What a depressing way to start the show.
1: Agent Orange saying, "My mother is a Giants, Mets, and SU sports." Just that's a. It's been a tough year. That's a horrible, horrible existence like it's supposed to be your escape from the world and cheer you up and there's nothing cheery about being a new york fan <laughs> and
0: i think that that's in part why the basketball season and the lacrosse season have been so disappointing because people around here have come to rely on those two teams to well you know football was bad or you know my giants were bad or my knicks are bad but you know what we got su basketball to lift our spirits we got men's at the very least we got men's lacrosse. The most-
1: the most famous line in social media history is, when does basketball season start? Because it saves us. Yeah. Not right. this year, it didn't. Right. And then, again, at the
0: very least, you can count on lacrosse yeah. to make a run toward Memorial Day and make a run toward a Final Four and a national championship. And um, obviously, yeah. that's that's not happening
1: this year. Now, you asked a question to me, Steve. What was your question? Because we could, yours we could at least put well, out to the listener. And and if you're a fan of all those teams I mentioned, I'd love to hear from you, too. Just like, what's it like yeah, being what's a, this, what's this been? a New York sports fan? What's this been like?
0: Um, yeah, my question to you off-air was just, again, pointing it out that we haven't seen a losing season out of football, men's basketball, men's lacrosse in the same year going back, you know, a century Um which team of those three was was most disappointing this year. And I think honestly, I think you can make a case for all three. I, I would say in my mind, lacrosse is probably last on that list because I don't expectations weren't very high this year. Um and and I mean to to some degree expectations weren't high for football or basketball either. I get that. But lacrosse, we kinda knew we we kinda knew that, that this we was worst. We didn't know it was gonna, gonna be this, right? It, you're right. But we knew the schedule I mean the schedule was really tough. Half of their games going into the season, seven of their fourteen games were against top five teams. Top five, not top ten, not top twenty, top five teams. So you knew seven and seven was gonna be difficult. I mean, that was you're gonna have to beat some teams you're not supposed to beat. And they did. They beat one. They beat Duke and they weren't supposed to win that game. Last night would have been another one. Um, but now they're in a situation where they got Carolina, Virginia, Notre Dame, those three to close out the year all three of them are ranked they're you know it's highly unlikely they're going to run the table so anyway i think
1: lacrosse is last on the list but i think you can make a case for all three i'm going to i'm going to shock you with what mine is i think football is the most disappointing to me cuz it's the same story they had they had a veteran quarterback they had we were sold on the offensive line it had gotten better you know and nothing got better if you knew going into the season that Sean Tucker was
0: going to have that kind of year like if yeah. if you were like Sean Tucker going to run for this many yards this many touchdowns you would have thought man this is going to be a special year and they just
1: couldn't figure it out at the quarterback position and i would put the women's basketball team last cuz i'm not disappointed in how the season i'm disappointed in what happened that caused the season to happen but going into the season after that i wasn't disappointed i they they did Pretty much better than I had expected them to do. I mean that that month that they had between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the fact that they that was, that mustered was, a couple wins.
0: Yeah, anyway, that was remarkable. That Ohio you know, State, Ohio win. State. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean that that month in particular was remarkable. Yeah. I. I. This isn't about. To me, this isn't about the the women's basketball team either. Like I'm I'm with you. I mean we we expected it to some degree. Um, but basketball, we, nobody expected a a no. losing season.
1: No, I would put basketball second because. I, the, there's no reason that team lost to Colgate, Pittsburgh, Georgetown. Georgetown, Yeah, no reason. And then to just do dumb things down the stretch of a North Carolina game and the Wake Forest game. Both Miami games. In, yeah. Yeah. That is not – it's disappointing because that's not what you expect out of a Jim Bayheim coach team. So I'd put them second, lacrosse third, women's basketball fourth. Yeah, I think that's
0: fair. I, I would love to hear what our listeners think. Um, which team are you most disappointed by this year? Because it, it's been a rough year. I mean, there's no way around it. It's been a rough year all the way around. Football, basketball, lacrosse. Women's lacrosse, obviously, you know, looks very they, – they continue to suffer injuries, but they continue to overcome those injuries. They almost knocked off top-ranked team in the country, down a couple of players. But uh, So women's lacrosse still has us invested, and and they, uh, they got a great crowd, by the way. They had almost 3,000 fans. Uh, on Saturday for that Carolina game.
1: Well, you know that also it probably benefits the women's lacrosse team that everybody else sucks because you got to go somewhere to watch a winner. I mean, they're great. Yeah, and they're they're
0: a legit national title contender. I, I do think, you know Mike McAllister said this. I agree with him. It's you know Carolina and BC are kind of you know a notch above everybody else, and Syracuse is probably the top of that next group, but. I mean, they're in the mix. I mean, they're they're certainly one of the top four or five teams in the country, uh, which is remarkable given uh, the injuries that they that they've suffered. But in any event, let's open it up to our listeners: three one five four three seven seventy six forty
1: four. And and a lot of people in our chat are saying basketball definitely number one. The reason I'm putting football number one is because it's it's not getting better. That's why it's a dis like you. I'm disappointed they haven't figured it out yet. Basketball, if it continues down this, yeah, that'll be disappointing. But I'll give them a bye on one year. Well, I think it's an interesting topic because I, you know,
0: my knee-jerk reaction is basketball as well. Um, but I, I do think it'll make a case uh, you know, for for each team. Yeah. So, in any event, let's open it up. We'll take our first time out here. If you want to chime in, give us a call. 315-437-7644. I'm not upset. I'm just
1: disappointed. That's what we'll call uh, this. Same. That's right.
0: Sue Ludwig <laughs> joining us at 1230. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com.
3: This is Orange Nation.
0: Stephen Pauly back with you here on a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. We've got Sue Ludwig set to join us in the next segment. Riley Dixon to kick off our number two, three one five-437-7644. So you're going football.
1: I am, Steve. It's a it's a lifetime achievement award for me with football. It's twenty years of frustration. Someone in the chat said, Hey, they went from one to five wins. Yeah, I want more. I want more than five wins. That's the interesting thing about next year's team, or you know, twenty twenty
0: two, is that and I know this is a popular opinion, I, I tend to agree with it. The football team could be better. They could have the same record though. Right? I mean you look at the schedule and
1: I found six wins. I found six wins, Steve. That's all I want out of football. Every year I'll be happy with it.
0: Not much margin for error though. There is I mean, there there are six wins on the schedule, just not much margin for error. Uh, All right, let's go to the phone lines. We've got uh, Matt kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Matt.
2: Good evening, boys. Good evening. So I'm not really upset with football because I think they actually got better from the year before. Didn't they have a losing record? Yeah. And they had a slightly better record. So I think they're going in the right direction, hopefully. I'm more upset with our basketball team due to the fact that it seems like we grabbed these recruits. You know, I don't want to name names that – Ryan was from Richmond. Um, you know him, Quincy. Like they, 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 they recruit these guys. I don't know if they're trying to keep them. And I, I'm more upset with them because you know we didn't fill that void. You know, I think Jimmy did a great job stepping up, doing what we needed to do. But we took a couple steps back this year, especially with a losing record. So that's all. That's all I wanted to say was rank those real quick.
0: All right, Matt, hang on with us real quick. So. Um, I look at the Kadari and Quincy things very differently. Do you do you blame the program at all for Quincy? Because I I don't I don't know as if that was on them. I think that was more on him. Right? He just he wanted to go somewhere else. Kadari. I mean,
2: I'm talking about Quincy. I'm
0: talking about Quincy.
2: Quincy. I'm sorry. Yeah, Quincy is a different because Kadari. Like, he didn't feel, like, loved, right? He was, like, he didn't feel like he was wanted, so he took off. Or he, they, didn't get, they didn't say, hey, you're the starting point guard, which obviously we all know he should have been. Uh, Quincy, I, I think he would have stayed if we, you know, tried a little bit harder. But this, doesn't, this isn't the first time this has happened, so how many other big-time recruits have left? You know, and then they just disappear, right? So, like, why aren't we trying to re-recruit them and say, "Hey, listen, I mean, I know you're upset. You know, things aren't going your way. Let's stick it out. Let's get better. Let's work." Uh, I don't, I don't know what those conversations are like, but it seems to be going against us.
3: Yeah, and I,
0: I don't know, and I appreciate checking in, Matt. The reason I bring it up is just, I, I don't, know, you can't force somebody to stay, right? I mean, the the players have more power now that they've ever had. They don't have to sit out the year, and. I would have fully expected if the portal was not a thing, Quincy would have been on the team.
1: Yeah, and Quincy uh, Jim Beheim said on his show that he sat in his office for an hour, forty-five minutes to an hour. I can't remember what it was. Uh, talking to Quincy, trying to convince him to stay, and it just he wanted to go somewhere where he felt he was going to be able to show off his show, shooting showcases abilities. Yes, yeah.
0: um, and Kadari, I know it's it's not a popular opinion, but he got the same amount of playing time and didn't start all season right.
1: the whole season.
0: Right. I was going to say you, you know, Riley Dixon talked about wanting to go somewhere where you were wanted. Like you as coaches you you want somebody who's going to work hard as well. Right. And I I for people to say well he should have been handed the starting job in the right. off season, it my understanding was the the pitch was you will have an opportunity to compete for the starting job the, these are roughly the minutes you're going to play. We're, you know, I, I think Jim Beheim said on our show, 26 to 28 minutes. Yeah. Which, again, if you look at his numbers this year at Seton
1: Hall, I, I think that's almost
0: exactly what he averaged.
1: Right. All right. I, I've said this a million times. Eric Devendorf said it, has said it a million times. Quincy didn't work at the Goddard. craft. Kadari. Kadari yeah. didn't work at his craft. Yeah. At all. He averaged he averaged
0: 25.9 minutes this year at Seton Hall. Right. He didn't work. He,
1: and he was lucky to the fact that, you know, he had the year where nobody was there watching. Like if you were at warm ups, you knew that he's the last guy on the court. You know? And so there you go. Yeah.
0: In any event. Um but it it He was probably
1: a great kid,
0: but well, he Right. And I was gonna say that there's no doubt that Syracuse could have used both those guys this yes. year. Right. I mean that that yeah. that goes without saying.
1: Um I mean, they could have easily. There could have been a point this year if Quincy had left and Kadari stayed, where Joe Kadari and G, or, or Buddy were on the court at the same time. Easily,
0: yeah. And we saw that three guard lineup. Yeah. towards the end of the year, actually, you know, brought some nice things to the table. So, but um, then
1: we wouldn't have callers saying Samir should play more. That is true. It would have disappointed us. Samir <laughs> wouldn't have been here right. if Kadari didn't leave. So, um,
0: yeah, and I. I understand. Why are we still talking about this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Those two guys would have made it. I'm I
1: did it. Yeah, you you asked what disappointed everybody. Okay. Well, Matt brought up
0: the player that rhymes with whatever he said. Madari, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Um I I look at the Kadari and Quincy things a little bit differently. Um and I I certainly don't put Quincy on the staff. I mean they as you said, they desperately wanted to keep him and you can't make a kid stay. And he wanted to go and he wanted to showcase his three point shooting ability
1: and CBW asking why Paulie, we rarely saw Buddy at the three when Kadari was here. It was because Quincy was here. Like they had they had forwards. This year they didn't have forwards. It would have been a different it would have been a different lineup this year. They had Alan Griffin and Quincy. The year Kadari was here, we didn't need Buddy to play the three.
0: We say all the time on the show that there is a risk when you transfer. And I'm just going to, now that the season is complete, I'm going to throw out Quincy's numbers from this past year uh, compared to the year before. All right. Quincy, uh, his last year here at Syracuse, 13.7 points, 8.4 rebounds, 32.9 minutes per game. So essentially played 33 minutes a game. And he was averaging thirteen and a half, eight and
1: a half. That he he averaged thirty-three minutes a game. Here. That yeah. is shocking to me because the way the callers talk about him, it was like he was playing ten minutes a game. Yeah. Okay, continue. I'm I'm saying
0: this is Quincy. I'm talking about Quincy. Oh, Quincy, yeah. Quincy, Quincy. Yeah, yeah. Not oh, Quincy. Quincy. Uh I
1: get confused easily.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh went to I'm Oregon. Go. So again, thirteen and a half points per game at SU. Ten points per game last year. Eight and a half rebounds at SU, just over five rebounds per game last year. Thirty-three minutes per game, twenty-six and a half minutes per game in Oregon. So re- transferring is is a risk. In terms of Kadari, uh he averaged twenty one minutes per game here. He averaged at Seaton Hall he averaged just shy of twenty six minutes, but again, twenty six was the number. Jim Bay, I've said that before the season started. He said we told Kadari he played 26 to 28 minutes a game, um, so he got the same amount of minutes he w- he would have again. Jim Beheim had told he me he would have played more. Hear. He would have played more if Quincy if Quincy had left. He would have played more. Yeah, uh, averaged six, uh, just over six points per game. Averaged uh, just shy of nine points per game at Seton Hall. Uh, his assist numbers slightly better. Rebounding numbers slightly better. Again, getting slightly more minutes. Um, so there you go. It's not like he went there and lit, lit, lit the world world out fire. Someone's got
1: a good point. We have beaten this horse enough.
0: Well, it can't just. We had to bring it up because it came up again. This horse is dead.
1: Okay. Well, Matt brought it up. So that's thanks why a we, lot, Matt. That's why we <laughs> circled back to it. Matt's banned for two days. Put him in prison. The collar prison. Well, in his defense, he didn't actually say Kadari. Yeah. No, he knows because that would have gotten him banned for life.
0: You just did. But we're the hosts. We can make the rules. All right.
1: Uh, shall we take a timeout? Yeah, I need one now. All right. Man, if Tony's... This is such a funny thing. Like, we literally one day on this air discussed, like, in 2020, discussed Tony Scott should have played more in the Big East tournament in 1990. And Kadari Richmond's going to come up every year until, until the end of time. I die. Yes. He's going to
0: haunt me. All right. Sue Ludwig joins us next.
1: It's going to say on my tombstone, Kadari should have played more. (laughs) Someone's going to just etch that in just to haunt me in the afterlife.
0: All right. Sue Ludwig joins us on the other side. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on (laughs) QSportsTalk.com. And that's why they call me.
1: This, my friends, is five-finger death punch covering bad companies. Bad company. It's not in my wheelhouse. I don't hate it.
0: Not
1: not in my wheelhouse. In order to uh, keep our FCC license, I will not name this contest. But we're giving away five-finger death punch tickets. Let's go to Drew in Syracuse. Drew, are you ready for uh, the fingers of death?
2: You got it, buddy.
1: All right. Here's a question. Finger related. How many fingers does Mickey Mouse have? Three. Yes. You're going to someone who has five fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, Drew. No problem.
0: That was was harder than I thought it was going to be. I I knew three, but I had a
1: pause there. I thought it was just going to be like a very easy. Now, when you paused, was it a paw or a? So call in tomorrow. We'll have more tickets, Uh, more finger questions. So get counting on cartoon characters. See how many fingers they have. Maybe tomorrow's question will be one of Steve's favorite foods, one of the few things he'll eat. Finger potatoes? No. Carrots? No. Uh, An animal? Finger? Oh, okay. You know where I'm going? I know where you're going with that. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Honey mustard? Yeah.
0: I like it. Uh let's go to uh let's go to Steve in North Syracuse. He he didn't he didn't want concert tickets. He <laughs> wants to talk sports. Not a five
1: finger death punch th- fan. Th- thank Steve.
0: you, Steve. Steve, how are you today?
3: Firstly, let me say that I, I remember there was a time when there were three baseball pitchers all in the minor leagues at the same time, named Raleigh Fingers, Bill Hand, and Phil Knuckles, and uh, I decided to keep track of who had the better career, and I, I think Raleigh won that one.
1: Raleigh Fingers will be a good qu- answer to a question. There we go. That'll, I'll do that later in the week.
3: Okay, now you were talking basketball and and disappointments. I was most disappointed in the basketball because they lost the streak of consecutive winning seasons and they were three uh, years short of tying UCLA's all-time record. And I really wanted to beat UCLA before we had a season like that. So that was the greatest disappointment to me. You were also talking about uh, Quincy and we had Alan Griffin and we wound up with uh, Jimmy Boeheim. And Cole Swider, I looked up their numbers. Quincy last year averaged 14.8 rebounds. Griffin 13.6 rebounds. Jimmy Bayheim was 14.6, 14 uh, points and six rebounds this year. And Cole Swider was 14 points and 7 rebounds. So statistically, it was a wash. I would say that uh, Quincy and Allen probably played better defense. But they both faded so badly at the end of the year, whereas Cole Swider and Jimmy uh came on strong at the end of the year. So I'm not sure that we really lost too much uh, when we made that exchange for those forwards. Uh, the final thing that I have is that uh, I, I observe that even though everybody wants to get the one and done, uh, you know, McDonald's All-America types, we don't seem to get that anymore. But the teams that win the national championship seem to be the teams that hold on to guys for 3 or 4 years and have veteran lineups and our big problem in recent years is that we've had so many guys be here for a year or two and then leave before they really fulfilled their uh, their, their 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 potential and I wondered if you had any observations on uh, is there any pattern to why we lose so many of those guys and with six you know new guys coming in what's the likelihood that we're going to be able to hold on to the majority of them and and see what they can do after three or four years.
0: Yeah. I mean that that is a great question. Um, we'll we'll discuss that in a second. Can you put pot Steve back up for Steve, do you remember what the stat was that you you uh, pointed out earlier in the year about the football, basketball and lacrosse all having a losing season the same year?
3: Yeah, yeah I, I think actually Brent was talking about that, and I think it was. Uh, well, uh, uh, they, uh, he was talking about 1982, but even basketball had a winning season then. This is yeah. the worst they'd been combined since then. You would have to go uh, the the the, the their lacrosse team. Uh, uh, has had such a great history. I, th- I think I looked it up, and there actually has never been a year where all three of them had a losing season, at least not not until this year. Because looking back through the Simmonses and uh, uh, the guy that was there before, Roy, Roy Simmons, there was never a year when lacrosse had a losing season, and football and basketball also had a losing season. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I For some reason, I thought you called in, and I thought you had said it was over 100 years ago. I, I, I could be mistaken. I think,
3: well, it, yeah. the, the, the lacrosse program began in 1916, so that's where you got the right, over 100 right, right. years. We gotcha. we never had one, and this could be it.
0: Got gotcha. you. All right, Steve, as always, appreciate you checking in. In terms of them keeping those six guys, I, I think in this day and age, I don't, I don't even think it's a Syracuse problem this day and age. like Anytime a, a program brings in six guys, I think it's going to be tough to hang on to a, you know, yeah, those um, guys.
1: Especially with the transfer portal now. Well, that's what I'm saying. But the other thing is, is Syracuse, we, I discuss this all the time and people call me making excuses. Is they have, in the past, lost players that developed a lot quicker than they had expected them yeah. to. And it set Syracuse back in a way that it doesn't set other programs back, which also makes the fact that they haven't had losing seasons impressive. Yeah, like, right. when you lose a Malachi, Richards, Tyler Ennis comes Tyler to Ennis. mind. And they
0: thought he was at least a three-year guy. You,
1: everybody thought they were getting two years out of Malachi until the... Final four run, yeah. You know, um, there, there's a lot of players. Like Duke in Kentucky can pull it off. North Carolina, that's about it. Kansas, here, I need four schools that can well, pull. Syracuse
0: out. has pulled it off. Yeah, no, somehow. Right. Yeah, but it it does set you back when you lose a guy. You're not like if you're not recruiting a starting point guard, and all of a sudden Tyler Ennis says I'm out of here. That's that's tough. I mean that's a blow. You know. And they've had a lot of those examples. I mean, Tyler Lydon after two years. You mentioned Malachi. Tyler, Tyler
1: could have left after one, though. Lydon? Yeah, you're right. So
0: You're right. But again, when he arrived, I don't know if you looked at him and was like, you know, that guy's going to be in the NBA in two years. Or Deion Waiters. Did anybody think he was going to be a lottery pick in two years when he arrived?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they somehow just kept it. I say this to Jordan all the time, that this place is kind of like that in the office, that if you, if any of us get fired, the train just keeps rolling. And we've been lucky in basketball. Nobody's irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah.
0: Nobody's irreplaceable. We've been lucky in basketball. Uh, Steven from North Syracuse brings up Chris McCullough, another good point.
1: Yeah, and, and someone's saying those were, you know, 14, 16, and 17, five years ago. Yeah, we're just discussing the fact that people have left early and Syracuse has recovered a lot quicker than most schools do.
0: All right, let's take a timeout here. Uh, hour number one in the books. We've got Riley Dixon. I'm just waiting on for somebody to side. say they
1: didn't recover from Kadari Richmond leaving. Now, did they? No, they didn't. You're right. You win. You win. <laughs> I'm just saving some caller from
0: saying it and annoying me. All right, Riley Dixon next on ESPN Radio.